the following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 118, Tentative Mercy. At the moment, coming to her feet in the light, she was exposed. Vela looked upon the tribe of Orson, for these people were to be her others now. For there wasn't any going back, not to the Mazari Elves. They had healed her, and though one of the dwarves had accused her, the others had not drawn their weapons against her. She was herself weaponless, and though she had been brought back from death, it was only her. The rest of the Dark Elves had not survived. She stood up erect shoulders back, with her chest towards them. She would show them strength. They were discussing her fate amongst themselves, and although they had saved her, although they were not showing outward aggression, they still seemed tense to her, on their guard, and she knew that they might turn on her at any time. They were like scared animals despite their greater numbers. She was but one. She would have no chance against them all, but they knew the legends of her people. They feared that she might slay them in the night. And truly, in this moment, she did not know if she still would, should the opportunity for escape present itself. Vela looked on Orson. He had spoken kindly on her behalf. Here he was, the objective of her people, the keeper of the seed that could save her kind. Uh. She felt her chest going up and down. Uh. Suddenly, with this young, virile elf, only steps from her now, in that sense she was within reach of success, where the others of her kind had only failed. Did they know that she knew their tongue, the tongue of man? She said nothing for a moment, only listened. Some suggested healing the remainder of her wounds and allowing her to go free. One wanted her slain at once. For a time she waited and prepared herself to dart should anyone come near her with a weapon. She was very fast. She could break out across the blue and they would never catch her. She looked again on the elvish male. Absently, uh, she rubbed her knees together where she stood, uh, just for a moment, but ceased in this when she saw that the dwarf with the gauntlet was coming towards her. He was Stockholm, she had learned, for he had given her his name. In response, she had given hers. He spoke to her in her own language, Mezari, and this put her somewhat at ease. There was an accident, he told her, almost apologetically. We couldn't save your sisters. You attacked us in the goblin realm, but much has changed for all of us. Tell us, Vela, 
What is your intention? Vela paused for a moment. All were quiet in the open air, and she knew that they were all watching. Her breath was visible as she exhaled, and she spoke to Stockholm in Manish now, and by her stance, she was speaking too, to all of them. Nandra lost her way, as have many others of my kind. I have seen your strength against the goblins, and your honor. She concluded by turning her steady gaze to Orson, recognizing him directly, as she continued. I believe it is you, tribe of Orson, who is the last best hope for my people. Orson seemed almost surprised when he was addressed in this manner, looking to Lelena, then Kailana, and then to Stockholm too. Vela's gaze didn't waver. When they were silent, once more, she spoke again, and these words too hung in the air, in the light, in the dark. Do you not trust me? Does this signal an alliance between the Mezari and the tribe? It seems there is much that is uncertain right now. We will try to clarify it in the way that we know with the roll of the dice on tonight's episode of The Iron Realm. Before we kick in, I'd like to give a special five-star salute to John Merle Holes. The very first of my allies, followers, and listeners to be included into the Iron Realm Pantheon. John Merle Holes has been incredibly generous and supportive of the Iron Realm cause from the very beginning. And by contributing to Patreon at the Iron Deity tier, he has been promoted to this highest calling of the Iron Realm legend. John Merle Holes, I salute you, having opened the way for yourself to each and every treasure, including the very latest Iron Realm book that can be found in the Onyx Vault. And if all of you have been thinking about finding a way to support the Iron Realm podcast, too, why not check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash theironrealm? I'd be pleased if you'd have a look. And even my $1 contributors have well over a hundred offerings available for instant download and are further able to hear every new episode before anyone else on the planet. At the time of this recording, first tier patrons are hearing the Iron Realm a full three episodes ahead, chip in a little more and go even further into the future because pre-release episodes are given unto you. And that's not the last of it. Don't forget, you can acquire the Iron Realm bonus cast through my Patreon feed too, which is showcasing fiction of John Merle Holes, read by me, your Maze Master, and enhanced with all the usual Iron Realm accoutrements. (laughs) So many extras and bonuses for all of you. And signing up at Patreon costs less than you ever imagined and yet it goes so far towards supporting the Iron Realm cause by your will, the will of my honored listeners, of my honored patrons, 
may the Iron Realm, in the face of the Demi-Wish, survive just a little longer. Check it out for yourselves, patreon.com slash theironrealm. I thank you, listeners, for supporting the show in all the ways that you do. Let us continue on our way. I have quite a show for you tonight. The Iron Realm, copyright A. Lorenzo, can be found online at theironrealm.blogspot.com. Behind the screen. At this point, I'm going to consider Vela to officially be a member of the tribe. How long this lasts, or which way it goes, is truly yet to be seen. I actually wasn't expecting for any of the Mazari to survive, but considering how the roleplay worked out, it seems, at least for the moment, that the Dark Elf, for better or worse, is now in their midst. At this point, all we know about Vela is that she has a constitution of 15, for we generated that earlier, and her life points are a max of 7. Vela is at character level 1, because all new characters must start at level 1. So, let's take this question right away. Exactly how many level points does Vela have right now? So the way that it works is that her level points are determined to be a percentage of those possessed by that member of the tribe that is furthest along. And this would be Solus, who, following the distribution of the most recent level point pool, has 14,291 level points. Time to get the dice. Let's see how far along Vela is by comparison. Here's the D100, just two 10-sided dice. 47. So she's got approximately half the level points that Solus does, which is going to be right around 7,000 level points. But since Vela needs 4,000 level points in order to rise to character level two, I'm not going to be able to give her all of it, so she gets as much as possible. That is to say, her level points are at 3,000, 999. Let's go ahead and generate the rest of her stats. Let's see what she's got. Strength. 12. Not bad. Dexterity. Ah. Looks like a 9. Still within the average range. Constitution we know. That's 15. And let's try for charisma. Aha. Uh -huh. A charisma of 12. I consider Vela to be quite beautiful. I'm going to say that there's some rough edges on her personality that drop the charisma down to a 12. What about her intelligence? We know she's a wizard warrior. Ah, uh, looks like we have a 9. It's actually the absolute minimum that will qualify her. But with that said, that's sufficient. And wisdom? A 9? That leaves Vela's stats at Strength 12, Dexterity 9, Constitution 15, Charisma 12, Intelligence 9, and Wisdom 9. Seems all her stats are in the average range, but the typical Mezari 
needs a minimum score of 9 in dexterity and a minimum score of 9 in intelligence. Vela qualifies. She won't be getting any level point bonuses, but then again, she is just level 1. There's plenty of time for improvement as we go. Sex female, race, Mazari elf. I'm gonna put her age at 271. This might be roughly equivalent to a 27 year old human, but of course the Mazari, like their cousins, the light elves, are remarkably long lived. Her skin is black, like others of her kind. Her eyes are violet, and her hair is essentially a platinum color. I'm going to say maybe it's got just a little bit of a highlight of pink, maybe hot pink, giving her, I think, a distinctive look. Height, 5 foot 11. Gonna make her just a little taller than Orson. I think that's interesting. I did decide that she's tall and slender, so 5 foot 11 is definitely tall for a Mazari woman. Weight, 112. And let's find out, just for interest, the day of her birth. Rolling it up at random using the 30-sided die. If you don't have a 30-sided die, <laughs> you might enjoy having one for your collection. It's times like this, generating a day of the month, that it comes in really handy. It's the 29th day of the month, and let's see, month six, that's sexist. I'm going to rule that at some point, Vela's going to discard her blood-red leather in favor of a chain shirt. The blood-red leather is probably in her backpack. I'd expect it's still her favorite for any mission that requires stealth. But at the moment, she is level 1, and she's going to need all the protection that she can get. That puts her armor value down to 5. And actually, no, it's yet one more, because all Mazari get a bonus of 1 to their armor value. They're especially quick and very subtle in their movements. And to tell you the truth, Mizari don't actually get this until character level 2. So I'm preemptively marking it down on the character sheet because, <laughs> let's face it, it won't be long now. Beneath her chain, Vela wears a soft-cut shirt. She also has a knee-length skirt. It is rather plain, and it is practical. It doesn't look in the least out of place when paired with her armor. And she has a pair of soft-soled boots. Within one of them, she keeps a stiletto dagger. Vela also has a sword and a bow. She has a quiver, and she replenishes it with supplies from the other Mazari. We'll say 20 arrows total. She'll also ultimately have sufficient sacks to carry coin, a backpack, of course, and sufficient water skins. She's carrying an equal share of water and rations to the rest of the tribe, whilst also taking charge of 9,000 copper and secured from Nendra the map of Delta One. In her spell book, she currently has two spells, Reader of Magic and Lirame's Prayer. Vela speaks several different languages, learned from the time she spent with the Dark Elves, Mazari, Elvish, Manish, Dragar, and Thulian. I'm pretty sure this completes the character creation of Vela, the Mazari Elf. More to come on this intriguing personage. I look forward yet to sharing her iron persona with you.
Hello, my name is Ness, with double X. I am an artist who sings, writes songs, improvises on the piano, and creates original electronic music. Check out my songs at the NessaZ profile on www.soundcloud.com. Thanks for tuning in. Character Introduction Vela Mazari Female Wizard Warrior Level 1 Vela is a classic example of Mazari beauty. Her eyes are violent and her even black face is framed in strands of platinum pink. Vela commonly wears blood-red leather, which is cut at the shoulders to expose her arms. Vela is equally likely to please her companions with compliments as she is to cut them down with subtle insults, for in this way she seeks to demonstrate her standing within the tribe. Tribal Matters It is the 14th day of Sakaris, 8.20 a.m. The tribe of Nora is located in the Expanse, their exact location not known. The spells currently possessed by the group, Kailana, Mystic Missile, Psychic Rope, Amazar, Aura, Against Evil, Orison, Mind Charm Lesser, Len, Humble. The life points for the wounded, which really includes everyone, are as follows. Solus, 20 out of 32. Stockholm, 6 out of 30. Kailana, 5 out of 12. Len, 12 out of 24. Bardar, 9 out of 21. Amazar, 3 out of 12. Lelena, 4 out of 10. Brina, 4 out of 16. Orson, 4 out of 12. Paola, 9 out of 20. Tani, 6 out of 18. Nora, 9 out of 27. Twyla, 15 out of 28. Nim, 6 out of 18. Brevik, 1 out of 27. Marks, 12 out of 24. And Vela, 2 out of seven. Master Brevik has been restrained by a pair of handcuffs, plus a collar and chain, which hold him round the neck. Paola has been subdued by a spell of Orson's. She is under his charm and staying quite close to him at all times as a result. Brevik is also under a mind charm laid upon him by the goblin shaman. The group has already taken food and water for the day. There has been some time dedicated to arcane study, with spells restored for the day, though many of these have already been cast. Lelena's spell, Sea Magic, is active, and it allows her to take a closer look at the spell books of the gnomes, which have been gifted upon her by Brina. There are two spells held here, Secret Gold and Sparkle, 
Lelena removes these painstakingly in order to create two scrolls, and with each of these, I shall perform an arcane lore roll for Lelena. She will attempt to copy each into her own spellbook. With Lelena's intelligence of nine, it's not going to be an easy roll, but neither will it be particularly difficult. Let us see what rolls out. Secret gold, a nat 20. This roll is so bad that I believe I'm going to punish her further. Not only is the transcription not successful, but beyond this, the original scroll instantly bursts into flames in the lady. But then so do the rest of the materials that she is working with, completely destroying all the gnome spells and any chance to take up these spells in the future. Mercifully, her own spellbook is spared. Taking on gnomish magic is simply too far outside the arcane principles known to this wood elf woman. I'm removing secret gold and sparkle completely from Lilena's character record, plus the gnomish spellbooks, of course. Travelers of the Maze. The following segment features fiction contributed by Taraka Dark on Twitter, aka John Merle Holes. John, thank you for your tale, which brings even greater depth and further revelations to those adventures partaken of in the Iron Realm. A role play of Winland in the Iron Realm, concurrent with the events of Chapter 3. Written by John Merle Holes, Bath of the Chieftain, Part 1. The sound of rushing water ebbed beneath the susurrus of padding feet within the darkness. The group was quiet as they left the spring behind, the humans, anyway. Winland suspected that the human woman Len was correct in saying that the guttural grumblers he heard among the slaves held their own place within the hierarchy into which he had been captured. With some protests, barking snarls resounded from those escorting on the sides along with their occasional cuffing, quieting those too zealous in their complaining. Like a military cadre overseeing an exercise, Winland thought, the unfamiliar terms marching through his mind, and also summoning images of weapons like swords and spears that he had not held in his hands here, and he could recall them from back within his life of light, as he had come to know the place before this age of unsight. He imagined them muttering like it was his own, trying to sustain an internal bravado against his arms shaking while they continued to carry two amphoras, one of which he suspected was from the slave he had attacked in trying to protect Len from blows. 
at least Winland had not stubbed his own bare toes on any rocks, while the floor sloped occasionally upward and downward. The surface was smooth from the countless trips of those who had come before. While he started staggering beneath the carried weight, distant drum beats and the wailing of horns made him hope that his group would soon be stopping. The Iron Realm, copyright A.B. Lenzo is an original, dark fantasy delve into an infinite maze of stone. Find The Iron Realm at theironrealm.blogspot.com and on Apple Podcasts with even more bonus content to be found at patreon.com slash theironrealm. Travel all of you well in the maze, for I, your maze master, am with you in the light and in the dark. It's already been mentioned that Vela is in communication by middle morning with the tribe. Amazar, using his magic, has seemed to determine that she is not outwardly aggressive. That is to say, she's not planning to kill anyone in the tribe right now. Vela also extends a gesture of goodwill, explaining to the tribe everything she knows about the Goblin War and trying to distance herself somewhat from the connection that she has with the dangerous Dark Elves who assaulted the tribe of Nora in Gamma 1. Nendra lost her way, as have many others of my kind. I have seen your strength against the goblins, and your honor. There are some members of the tribe who remain skeptical about whether Vela is fully trustworthy or not, and yet there are others who are much more willing to give her a chance. I think this probably includes Orson. She has a vote of confidence from Solus, and Stockholm, who speaks to her in the Mezari language, is likewise slow to condemn her. But even now, at her introduction into the fold, I have to admit, I don't think the question is really fully settled. So truly, I'd like to get some direction by making a roll with the dice. We'll consider it a usual reaction check of the kind described in the Iron Realm Solitaire Creature Creation and Maze Master's Guide, in which all the rules for combat are given, but not just combat, any kind of encounter at all. <laughs> Super helpful for your own solo dungeon delves, why not pick up a copy if you haven't already? And don't forget, it's got a huge selection of Iron Realm creatures. Consider it canon for your own Iron Realm campaign, or to inject a little bit of something extra from the Dark Realm into the campaign that you've decided to play. As far as creature psychology goes, I'm not going to assign a penalty here with regard to the language difference, because I have identified that Orson is able to speak the Mizari language. And beyond this, Vela is able to speak the Manish tongue, so there's really no problem with communication there. If a being encountered is of a different creature race, 
This creates a minus one penalty as well. And yes, Vela is an elf like Orson and Lelena, but I'd say that the Mazari Dark Elves are considered enough of a different breed with light and dark having fought over centuries to where I'm afraid the minus one should, in this case, apply. Even so, it's already been determined that Vela's been open with information to this point. That will allow me to erase the negative one altogether, and we can move forward to the negotiation stage. Let's see if there's a charisma bonus of any type that should be considered as well. I think we're considering Stockholm to be the point person in these negotiations, since he addressed Vela first in the Mazari language. Let's see, looking it up, what is Stockholm's charisma? Anyway. A charisma of 10, so it's going to be a straight roll. Let us go from there. The first step is opening arguments. On the one hand, Vela has expressed her sameness with the tribe of Nora, and she tries to establish a kinship with Orson by addressing him directly. The tribe is relatively cautious, on the other hand, and Master Brevik leads the distrust by suggesting that Vela should be tied. In whispered tones, one of the other dwarves, maybe Marks, and Amazar consider silently amongst themselves if the most merciful thing to do is simply to slay her. Mazari are not known to be trustworthy. They are known killers, and treachery is in their blood. It is not a humanitarian thing to do, but the wizard isn't sure they can afford any other option, and the dwarves in such a situation feel that such a solution is direct and practical. Two dice to determine what happens. In eight, the discussion continues, and the situation becomes rather tense. Perhaps Vela, with her elven ears, has overheard something of the whispered threats to her, while Orson in Stockholm, and even Solas, read her tension, which threatens to escalate things, but we'll say that Len steps in, and Twyla, calming the situation somewhat, will say too that this is the time that food is passed out, which settles the mood somewhat. Vela knows that she could still well be in danger, her goal in coming here at least in connection with Nendra's company, was to find Orson, and it seems, now that she is here, that making that connection is truly in reach. Vela knows that in this wasteland, she'd be helpless on her own, and decides that her best and only chance is to give herself over into the mercy of Orson, surrendering, in a sense, but then allowing for the possibility of arousing his compassion in the long run, if she's to secure the trust of the tribe, she believes this is her best chance to do it. She presents there her wrists do what you must. and tells the tribe that they may tie her if they wish I will in an attempt to calm their fears, but lets them know also that her condition is that they turn her over directly into the care of Orson. This makes sense for her character, and it may well make a difference on the next roll. In a way, she's giving up a lot for a possible future reward, but it certainly does set the tribe at ease. For this reason, I'm giving a plus two to the next roll, which is titled, in the book, uh. Presenting the Finer Points. Rolling two dice? Uh. Wow! 
<laughs> Boxcars. This move has humbled the tribe completely, it seems. That's a 14. A truce is achieved. Stockholm steps aside. Orson gives a nod. And Paola steps forward with a length of hemp rope and binds the Mazari's delicate wrists as Vela holds these in front of her. Paola returns shortly to Orson's side, bringing the beautiful Mazari woman with her and holding her bound hands down in front of her. Vela stands before the elven male, bowing her head to him slightly in thanks before taking her place on the floor in front of him. some new treasures in the Onyx Vault. Remember, travelers, if you're not partaking of the treasures of the Onyx Vault, then you're only receiving a third of the content available to you. All patrons receive future episodes of the Iron Realm before anyone else on the planet. And there are many other offerings, too including, but not limited to, the following. Especially, and at this time, I'd like to announce to you, Traveler, that inside the Onyx Vault now is the Patron Premium eBook Edition for the next strategy guide of the Iron Realm series, that covering chapters 121 through 130. There's something new coming to the Iron Realm, and it's all detailed within the Maze of Masters Grand Challenge, a unique and interesting method of play for your own Character 8 campaign, and all the clues and strategies are given unto you in the next strategy guide. Of course you know the drill. That book hits DriveThruRPG next month, so you can feel free to grab yourself a copy then. But why not join my Patreon at the Deity Tier or above and grab this strategy guide early, one month only? You can get the Patron Premium Edition with a full appendix which features exclusive material, a number of narratives from the Iron Realm that will give you clues in your trials ahead. You might be wondering too if that's the only reason that you should have a look inside the Onyx Vault and a nay. I tell you, there are over 500 additional offerings for you to grab at the Deity Tier or above. And don't forget, a whole new episode. I've randomly selected your next contest for the Iron Realm Arena. You'll be facing off this month against the Cursed Armor. And it's all available for you there. A podcast for your Iron Realm Arena collection... The Gladiator's Guide 
replete with the accompanying scenario and a map that your arena tribe now forays into. So that's two books already. <laughs> for less than you've ever imagined, with a secret exclusive peek into the third. The Iron Realm Solitaire Spell Creation and Maze Master's Guide. It's brand new, with just the barest hint of a project coming together. It will come to the light of day, with your help, my friend, with the help of all my patrons, and you can see this noble seed taking root and blossoming at patreon.com now, knowing when you join that you are nurturing this new book in the Maze Masters series, the one that will cover the secrets for spells both divine and arcane. I thank you, patrons, for walking with me. I thank you one and all. Come join me on Patreon this month, even if only for just a month and grab yourself a copy of the Patron Premium Edition of the Iron Realm Adventure Log and Strategy Guide for chapters 121 through 130 with the exclusive appendix of extra content and the alternative cover art not to be found ever again or indeed anywhere else. So grab it this month if you can because my friends, once it's gone, <laughs> it's gone. Find the Onyx Vault at patreon.com slash the Iron Realm and experience everything your Maze Master has to offer. I have been your Maze Master, Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home. Iron Realm! Good night, everyone.